Alrighty, hello, welcome to the Creedcast. Thank you for listening as always. Um, as I say every time, it's much appreciated that the support and the downloads and all that for this little, 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 little tiny corner of the internet that I call mine. Um, and uh, yeah, just always happy to be here chatting. Port Adelaide footy and a, a wonderful footy club uh, today um, focuses all on our AFLW side as the season kicks off tomorrow with a showdown. Um, no, it's just no bigger way to kick off a season than going straight into a showdown. Showdown two in the AFLW competition um, against the Adelaide Crows at Norwood Oval. Um, really big occasion. Uh, a good test for our girls straight off the bat. Um, obviously, after the inaugural season, which uh, gave us a, a win-loss record of one win, one draw, and um, eight losses. So, you know, it was an inaugural season that was uh, somewhat to be expected. And, you know, there's still going to be bumps in the road as, as we go forward um, this year. Um, still an incredibly young and developing side, but an exciting side as well. We saw last year um, just how good some of the players were um, and how good our recruitment's been. That has continued in the off-season with some wonderful list management again. And we'll get into that and talk about all the, um, the additions um, in the next uh, half hour or so here and um, and how the squad's looking going into uh, Season 8 of the AFLW. Um, but um, uh, Season 2, obviously, for our mighty Port Adelaide Footy Club. All right, so we'll get into it. Uh, first of all, um, before I get into anything else, I wanted to uh, congratulate, obviously, we saw the news in the off-season. Um, Lauren Annell, our coach, um, is pregnant with um, um, pre- is pregnant. So um, just congratulations to her. That was some big off-season news for her, um, and we wish her all the best with her um, the family and the pregnancy going forward. Um, it's always just wonderful news. Um, so yeah, big congrats to her. Uh, that's big off-season news for the coach, I guess. Um, but now we'll get into um, what the sides looking all just the additions to the side, um, a couple of departures as well, um, and how we're looking in that front. Alrighty, so the off-season brought with it, um, um, obviously, with every off-season, doesn't matter what sport you're in, um, there's list changes, uh, but uh, particularly with um, with how the AFLW is going at the moment, um, there was a priority signing period, um, obviously, where we could sign um, players from other sides, or there was one spot, because um, I'm still getting to understanding how this is going, and this isn't going to be the way it's going to be forever anyway, once the, the league stabilizes as clubs are, um, you know, the season, the clubs are all bedded in and everything, it'll go to a bit more of a traditional system, I assume. Um, but this off-season, we're able to make prior, we're, um, supplementary signings, priority signings, as a supplementary draft as well. Um, and so the first big signing, obviously, um, one that's... Uh, we're all pretty excited for the news recently has been really good about her as well and her like history as a Port Adelaide fan and it was all, it was all wonderful stuff to hear uh, considering she came over from the Crows but Ashley Saint um, once Ashley Woodland but she was she was married in the off season as well so another big off another big off season news uh, for her so congratulations for her she's now Ashley Saint um, she's got 40 AFLW games under her belt with 44 goals 35 of those goals um, and you know came. Last year, basically, with, across the two seasons there, where she really hit her straps um, as a, as a player, she's still so um, quite young. Um, she's started at Melbourne, had four games there. Uh, didn't I? Don't think she kicked any of those goals at Melbourne. Um, she's basically all of her goal scoring has been done at Adelaide. So, I mean, we'll forgive her for that since she's um, done the right thing and come across to us and given us plenty of um, wonderful stories about her uh, growing up support Adelaide fan. Um, in the as as a youngster hiding a hiding a jersey under under a top going to school, um, she's wearing the Reebok, um, the old our whole old home kit 
uh, the Reebok kit in a photo of her when she looked like she was maybe 19 years old, maybe, or eight, I don't know. Um, and saying how much of a mad Port fan she was growing up. So she's come back home, basically, and, and essentially it was quite an easy decision for her um, to do so, uh, to come back to Port Adelaide. She even posted on social media after all that story came out that the, the jersey still fits. Um, so that's, I mean, I don't have, there's a few jerseys of mine from um, my young years that don't fit anymore, sadly. So um, good for her. <laughs> um, but really, really good. She's an All-Australian forward. Um, she was a leading goal kicker in season uh, season one of 2022. So not the season that we played in, but the first season um, of 2022. Uh, she was a leading goal kicker in the league. Um, and helped Adelaide to their premiership that in that season. Um, and obviously an All-Australian forward being uh, the leading goal kicker of the, the comp in that season. So... Amazing pedigree. She's um, kicked goals in a couple of preseason uh, kick out, uh, hitouts as well. So she's already looking like she could be a really potent part of that forward line. Um, clearly, uh, with some um, some pretty good forwards that have already got there. You know, partnering up with another All Australian forward and the likes of um, Gemma Houghton up there as well. So um, really good to have her on board. She was, um, you know, just a, it's a big signing to get, um, nabbing someone of that talent and caliber and still young as well, like list management profile, um, you know, works really well in kind of just where our list is at. Um, but she's a bit more experienced than some of the younger ones as well. So there's kind of, she's in that mid range where she's got so much time ahead of her still, um, but she's still um, already got a fair bit of AFLW experience um, with, you know, because 40, 40 games is, um, yeah, it's four seasons basically. Um, plus, yeah, there's finals as well, but I think well, it's, it's a 10 game season. Uh, Might have been less a few years ago. I'm just not 100% sure off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, that's at, at what it is currently at. That's four full uh, minor round seasons. So that's a fair bit of experience when you're talking AFLW level, obviously, as we go forward and across the seasons, game totals are going to are going to increase and those, those, those you know 40 won't look like as much but at this current point in time in the history of the AFLW it's a decent career and you know a decent bag of goals as well to have so great player to have in obviously um, a big boost to our, our list as we as we're going forward um, another one that was really a really co- good pickup um, and really good she seems to be quite the character around the club already is uh, young Matilda Scholl so this was because um, I you know, when I was going through um, my, uh, I was making a list just to keep, so I actually couldn't try to remember everyone. <laughs> um, I was making a list of all and just some notes, uh, you know, doing a bit of research for once. Um, you know, Matilda Scholes, I was trying to find where she was drafted. She wasn't drafted, and I was like, but she's, I think she's come straight from, she's from Glenelg. Um, I assume she had to get drafted to be uh, a player of that caliber coming in as well. Um, but then, you know, going through the depths of the internet to find that she was signed on as a um, priority signing period underage pick. So there's all these different list management things and ways that we've been able to add players to our list in this kind of expansion era of the AFLW as um, these last four clubs that we were a part of coming into the competition get bedded into it and, and, and into the flow of things. So... That's how she was signed. She wasn't a draft pick, and she wasn't a, you know, a, a player that was already at a previous AFLW club. She was a priority under eighteen pick, um, and she comes comes with her with a wealth of experience. She, um, I think, she was in the top five of the Glenelg um, Best and Fairest last season. Uh, she was in all Australia. Um, she played in the under eighteen championships, state championships last year as well. And she was named on the interchange bench for that team as well. So um, of the um, 
of the All-Australian team um, at the other under-18s level, which we know, even if you look at AFLW as well, but AFL men's, um, you know, those players that are on All-Australian teams at younger ages, it's often a really good sign as to their development. She's a tall, she's a ruck, um, she's already... Um, looked pretty um, lively in the preseason games, uh, just from the brief highlights I've seen. Um, really good aerial prowess, um, good in the ruck um, for her age as well, which, you know, the ruck was one area that we, um, I don't know, struggled in a little bit last year, just our height, and we were quite small at times, it felt. Um, so some of these players that have come in um, are providing us a little bit of that height. Um, but, you know, she's uh, you know looking really, really kind of seems know a few years older than uh, what 18 that she is now like just in how she carries herself both she's done these great you know social media videos and props to the AF, um, aflw side of the social media team at all the social media is great but um aflw content's been really fun um in the lead up to the season and uh, matilda's um taken on board some of that you know taking the microphone around and asking some random questions of the other girls and and uh, and you know she did the the one this the one just yesterday and that dropped last night was her uh, doing one of those and um, and I think uh, I'm forgetting who it was um, that took the mic from her but asked then asked her um, a question like oh would you know how would you like to debut this weekend and she she was like oh really and it was a really good video of her learning that she was debuting but um, she's earned that with uh, you know a great preseason um, and looks like she's already kind of got that. Um, confidence within herself because that's a big part of coming in as a young player is you've got to have a bit of confidence um, to go with your natural talents at that age because you're still developing as well still growing um, body wise um, and she'll you know there's she'll be a better player in a few years but she's already um, proved herself handy enough to be um, in a round one to make her debut um, in her first season in the AFLW and in a clash as big as the showdown as well so great for her um, and she's looking like she's going to be a really um, really promising player for us, which is great. Um, with this young squad we've got, like so many young players with really promising careers ahead of them to grow together, and she's just joined that group. So, um, really excited to see how she goes. Um, one of the next additions, um, Jasmine Stewart, uh, who um, played. Uh, where am I looking here? Um, yeah, she played at Frio. Um, I think she. I can't remember if she's an All Australian or. Uh, she was close to that level, but she's she got 22, 22 games on her rebel at Freo. She stepped away from footy last year for a while just for, you know, a break from it. Um, mental health stuff, I guess, or whatever. Or not mental health in the sense that struck, but, you know, just get a bit of life balance or whatever. Um, but she was playing for Claremont in the um, Waffle W last year. Um, and uh, had a, I think, starring role for Claremont. Um, I think they might have won the grand final. She was um, might have been best on ground. So... Uh, she's coming in um, to, uh, we picked her up in the draft last year in the supplemental draft and uh, she's coming in with a wealth of experience as well and kind of like, but she's only, I think she's 24, um, so 22 games of experience, couple of seasons of experience, 24, um, some good good experience in the uh, the Waffle W last year as well um, and playing some good footy um, and ready to come back in and um, and uh, kind of have a crack at it at Port, and she's looking um, really, really promising as well. Um, and kind of, kind of one of those, just the perfect. There's a few players have picked up in the off season this year, 
um, that are in that age range of not quite being the you know the young ones like the the Ewings and the Borgs and stuff that we picked up last year um, in that nineteen twenty range now. But they've they've got a few more years under their belt, but they're still so young in terms of like the, the length of time they could play for potentially if they would like to. Um, Jasmine Stewart's kind of in that range, which is really good um, and a really good thing to have a little bit of experience, um, but also still so much time left in their career um and i'm really i'm just really impressed with the job that naomi maidman and the and the staff have done in the list management in the, in that sense so really excited to see how she goes actually um that's uh, going to be a fun one to see play um all right we keep keep rolling there's been, there's been a lot of additions um, another one, Caitlin Pope. Now, she's got some um, sporting pedigree in South Australia already. Um, she's a former Scorpion and, and um, Adelaide striker, um, left-arm swing bowler. Um, but she's switched to footy in 2019 um, with North Adelaide. Uh, was drafted to West Coast, I think, in uh, 2021. Played six games, uh, but uh, and she was delisted from them. But she's uh, come back in with... Uh, was in the SNFLW team of the year last year. And, uh, you know, she's um, been pretty popular around the club, I think, since she's been drafted. Um, she was drafted, I think, with... I think Stuart was our first pick, but I think Pope was one of the other two, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I think she was... I think Pope might have been the second pick. Um, Georgie Jakes, that I'll get to next. Um, it's, it'll be one of, the, one of the two. It doesn't really matter. We picked them up both. Um, but, yeah, a bit of sporting pedigree, and obviously... Um, again, a little bit of experience, um, not a whole lot, and a lot of career left ahead of her still. Um, but um, well, she's a bit of a vet, veteran, like veteran athlete, I guess, which um, we've noticed. Erin Phillips is a prime example of it, and we'll get to another one, another couple here, and um, in when I get to it. But uh, you know, sorry, I've got a cat that keeps trying to put a paw on on my keyboard, and it's really fucking annoying me. <laughs> so sorry if I sound distracted in moments where I'm pushing pushing that away um but yeah really excited for it's just an exciting group of pickups uh, as i said georgie jakes was the next one we get to she was picked up in the draft obviously um and port adelaide fans will know well her um her old man denny jakes was a ruckman um at port back in the 90s and uh, was part of our 1998 flag for the magpies in the snfl so a little bit of um father-daughter pedigree there for the port adelaide footy club um but she's a um, really impressive, like, if they go on the website, um, Port Adelaide website, you might have to scroll through the news a bit of the AFLW side of it, but there's a really good article about her and kind of, like, she seems quite mature for her age. Um, she does a lot of, she works for a non-profit, um, uh, like, housing, uh, to get housing for um, people, you know, it's hard to hard to get into the housing market or whatever. She works for a non-profit in that sense. Um, obviously, she's at university as well. She just moved down from Canberra. Her family, um, Denny and her mother and stuff are up in Canberra, but um, her family's from the Adelaide area, obviously. She just moved down from Canberra herself to get into the SNFL, cause, um, the SNFLW, because the Canberra comp just wasn't as strong. She wanted to test herself, and then she, she played well and... Um, and got into the got into uh, got drafted by Port. Um, uh, her uh, she's kind of I think she's almost one eighty centimeters, so she's a she's another ruck, another tall. Um, so along with um, Olivia Lavecki, um, who was one of our rucks last year and one of our talls, uh, we've added. You know, uh, obviously I've already talked about um, 
Matilda Scholes, um, and who's debuting this week. But then you've got Georgie Jakes in development as well. Um, and Levecki is still on the side. Um, so just adding a little bit more, like, and they're all young. They're all young rucks, um, young tools um, that can develop in uh, multiple ways. But it's good to have that few more tools in there developing and, and quite promising as well. So um, really happy to have her there. And obviously it's nice to have that father-daughter connection as well. Um, all right, so another one that we picked up, and this one was in a trade, uh, Matty Kerrick, uh, who played uh, for Carlton between 2016 and 18 before being redrafted by... She played eight games at Carlton um, and then was drafted by uh, Geelong, and she's played another 39 games down at Geelong. Um, so she's um, she's had a she's had a pretty long, lengthy career. She's basically been in the AFLW from day dot. Um, bit of a veteran midfielder in there. Um, she, was dra- she was traded to... Uh, so Kate, this was in a trade that saw saw Kate Sermon go the other way. So farewell, uh, farewell to Kate Sermon and thank you for her time, Port Adelaide last year. Um, along with pick twelve, uh, which was what I think was used. Now, I had this written somewhere and I've already lost it, so that's my bad. But um, pick twelve, which was either used for Pope or uh, or a Jasmine Stewart. I think it. I think that was Caitlin Pope's pick, um, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, either way, that was a part of a little list management there that we got Carrick back as a bit of a veteran midfielder in, um, into the side, um, as well as getting a pick 12 for Kate Sermon. So um, Carrick played, actually played with Arnell at Carlton, so she's got a bit of a history there with, um, you know, playing with Laura, Laws, um, you know, back uh, five, six years ago now. Um, and a fair bit of um, AFLW experience there as well, so um, nice addition to the squad. Uh, Jasmine Simmons is another one that's come in. Um, she's played a couple of couple of years um, at Adelaide. Uh, not like a lock in the squad, but she played eight games there in the last couple of years. Uh, played footy as a junior, uh, but then she's actually, um, which is funny for me. And this is a small world, um, as most people most people listen regularly know. I've mentioned this at some point or another, or as you follow um, I, myself and the better half went to the University of Oregon, which is the Ducks. Um, in in the US, and uh, Jasmine Simmons was uh, played basketball for three years at Oregon State, which is the Oregon State Beavers. Um, if you work by colours, the Ducks are green and green and yellow. The Beavers are like um, an orange and black uh, colour scheme. Uh, which they're just half an hour down the road, basically from Oregon. Um, it's pretty much our version of the showdown. Although, I mean, we ha- we hate Washington more, but um, there's they're you know in-state rivals. Um, Oregon State, so it's a bit of a small world for me seeing um, someone come to Port uh, that's uh, that's played at my rival university just half an hour down the road from where I, I lived for uh, my four or five years as a university student myself. Uh, so it's really cool. But um, she's just 24. Um, she's play, She's been a bit of a defender. She's a defender. Um, so it adds a little bit of um, guts back there as well. Um, well I'm pretty pretty excited. The, at, at defensive units, um young, uh, but obviously adding some Good players in there. Um, I'm really excited to get to the next one we'll be talking about actually as well. Um, but yeah, it, just a just another fun that that 24 age range where they've got a bit of experience in the AFLW, but still so much more time to learn and grow and and get into the, again list management's great. Um, the last one to talk about here is Janelle Cuthbertson. She's come in. Um, she only debuted um, in 2020. She's 32 years old, um, so she's got a lot of 
life and sports experience. She actually played um, tennis at Texas A&M uh, between tw- 2009 and t- uh, 2013. So that's a, obviously Texas A&M, U- US-based university. So again, kind of like talking about uh, Simmons with the basketball and again, you know, Aaron Phillips uh, had a fantastic international basketball career. Caitlin Pope with cricket. When a league's when you know a new sport starts like this, you get a little bit of that crossover. Um, and even now, with you know um, AFL men's, we still get guys that have played other sports and come into playing footy. But um, she comes in with um, you know a wealth of life experience as well. But um, you know a you know, sports a multi-sport experience just brings you a different perspective to things. Um, at 32, you know she's on the older side of the list. But you know as we've seen with the AFLW, there's players you know Aaron Phillips still kicking on. There's a lot of time left, um, and having only debuted in 2020, um, you know she the miles on the body, so to speak, as an AFL player aren't you know aren't, aren't there. So she's still got a fair bit of you know there's like a freshness there. Is an All Australian um, in uh, 20 uh, 2021, um, so she's uh, picked up a fair bit of um, you know good uh, talent talented level play um, at the AFLW level already. 24 games under her belt. So, as I said, still a young player by game standard in the AFLW. Um, but as I've um, seen in some of the preseason chatter, um, they've, they've defended, the defensive group have really talked about how um, Janelle Cuthbertson's really added um, some experience and kind of level-headedness to a young, eager um, defensive group um, that have got a lot of talent but just need a little bit more leadership as well. So a really good addition there. Um, the departures, I did mention, um, I couldn't find a definitive list of like the delistings and stuff. I just couldn't find, I was like Googling different things and, and we've had a busy week here as well. So um, if I miss anyone, I apologize. Um, but uh, we know that we, um, Kate Sermon, um, uh, left in the trade for uh, Maddie Carrick. Um, Sarah Goodwin, who was one of our draft picks last year, um, a fair, on farewell to her as well. She um, left in the trade for um, Jasmine Simmons. Um, and then we had Tessa Dumanis and I think uh, Liz McGraw were both uh, delisted as well. Um, so a fond farewell to them as well. Jacqueline Yorston, who was a really important part of our side last year, um, real tackling machine, just the engine room stuff, um, and she, she's uh, she is on the list. Um, for those that may not be aware, she's on the inactive list. She's taking a break just to focus on uh, mental, mental and physical well-being. So uh, obviously, complete well wishes to her. You know, there's you know that's choices you make as a human, and sometimes you have to le- le- you know leave what you're doing to um, take care of yourself. Um, so we. You know, wish her well in that endeavor, and whether we're welcoming her back to play again with us, or welcoming her back to give her a farewell after that that journey, that that remains to be seen. But either way, we um, give her the absolute best of best of luck with that. But that is that is a miss um, to that midfield group. But you know, as we see with some of these players that come in, I think, and some of the players that are developing as well. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we go without her in there. But she was certainly, a, um, you know, she played all 10 games, I think, last year and um, was a real real high tack, tackle level player and um, really important in there for um, for what we were doing last year. So um, she will be missed, but she is still on the list, but she um, isn't part of the part of the side, um, active side at the moment. So that's about it for the, the list management stuff. If I've missed anyone, that's my bad. Um, I tried to do as I was, you know, bunch of tabs open reading different articles and stuff and trying to find a definitive list of the ins and outs and I just couldn't find I just couldn't find it so whether that's just me just missing something as I was googling and, and searching through the website 
um, or missing a headline somewhere. I don't know. I just was trying to find the most definitive list, but I had to basically go through a bunch of different articles and different timelines of when you know different list management decisions were made and, and try to put it together as best as I could. Um, and I hopefully did a good job. But again, um, apologies. You can tweet at us or whatever and let us know anything that was missed, and I'll certainly make it up on the next um, AFLW um, uh, portside podcast. Uh, podcast that I, that I record I'll certainly make up and, and do a on on air note about what I missed so but hopefully I didn't miss anything um but I, I just feel like I've missed one of some someone that's dropped out of the side and I just can't think of who but I just feel like I haven't got enough there so I've got this inkling in my, the back of my mind to have missed something so feel free to let me know if I have I will take a quick break and look at how we're looking going into this season Alrighty, so that's the additions and subtractions from our side um, over the off-season. Um, now we get into what it's looking like for the... Oh, by the way, if there's just if you hear a bit of background, a bit more background noise now, I don't... The microphone's pretty good at blocking out, like, air conditioning sound or whatever, but it's hot, and I just had to turn on... I was trying to go without the air conditioner just to block out the sound as much as possible for that first part, but it got a bit warm, so I've turned the air conditioner on in the background... Um, it's not too loud, um, and but you might just hear a bit of that sound of the humming of that in the background, um, but hopefully it's not too um, distracting at all. But if you're wondering why it sounds a bit windier or anything like that, that would be why. Um, anyway, obviously another part of the big part of the off-season always um, year-to-year is um, the you know leadership group announcement, changes, anything like that. Um, and I think you know anyone... I don't think it was it was going to be obvious that if Aaron, Aaron Phillips was going to go on playing, which um, she didn't actually look like she had any reason to not um, after last season. She had a bit of an injury going into the year last year, but um, you know she seems pretty fit and firing at the moment. Um, and it was just going to be obvious that she was going to carry on as captain, which I think you know it's just incredibly. I think it's an incredibly pride, uh, you know, prideful thing for her to do. And it fills me as a Port fan, and I'm sure any other Port fan um, that has a beating heart knows that um, you know it's, it's, it fills us all with incredible pride to see Aaron Phillips uh, continue on as captain. So um, you know what she brings as far as her experience, what she's done across the league, and just what she's done in sports in general is really just inspirational. Um, she, the, the amount of experience she's got from working within different groups, different groups of athletes, different sports, different countries, all those things she, she, things she brings to the table as a leader and that experience and calmness and all those things that come from that I think is really important so um yeah there's just really no you know better choice as a captain really um you know until she until she wants to hang out the boots so she can't just go around anymore I just don't think that there will be another captain of Port Adelaide and I think we're all okay with that um you know she just brings so much to the table and that's in that in that uh, way and um you know Long, long may it continue. I know she's, you know, she is on the older side um, on the of the AFLW um, age spectrum, but um, you know, you know, she's kind of proven a lot of people wrong in many ways across her career as far as just how good she is with everything. So I'm sure she's going to keep proving people wrong. Just the uh, Trevor spoke of the AFL women's side. <laughs> um, alongside her, she's got Ange Foley um, as vice captain, as well as a new addition Janelle Cuthbertson is also. Uh, a vice captain of the side as well. I think Anne Twally was a solo vice captain last year, so she's kind of got co sol- uh, co vice captains this year with um, Janelle Cuthbertson. New addition in there, as I said earlier, she's already brought a wealth of experience to the back line and kind of can she can bring some leadership 
um, to the defensive group as well as um, the on-field leadership as a, in a wider role as a vice-captain as well. Ange Foley, obviously, an incredible player and um, really one that I really enjoyed watching last year uh, do go about her stuff, and um, she's obviously held on to that, that vice-captain role as well. Um, and alongside that, um, the, to round out the five-woman leadership group, we've got Justine Mules, who um, seems to just be one of the great personalities in this side. Um, and he, there was a video last year, I remember, where they just posted of just her just just her laughing just just Justine Mules just Josie laughs um which is really you know, she just seems like she just loves to have a good time and have some fun but also an incredible player as well um and you know and uh, well earned into the leadership group and Hannah Dunn um again one of the you know you, you can already tell kind of um and it was one of the fun journeys for me as a fan last year watching getting to know this team um kind of the, the players that do um rise up as leaders um, and you can tell, like, the likes of Hannah Dunn, you know, um, Hannah Dunn and Justine Mules didn't know much about before going into last year. Although Hannah Dunn was, uh, was she captain? Thinking of the right player. She was captain of the Suns, I reckon, as well. Um, so, you know, these, these are players that have had history as well. But for me, as a fan coming into it last year, I, I learned a lot more about them. And you, and you could kind of see some of the leadership qualities and kind of what they, they did as both on-field and off-field. And... Yeah, really proud to see these this group of ladies um, take on the leadership role for for this season. Um, really excited to see what comes of it. Um, obviously, you know you always want to see that the vice captains never have to go in as acting captain because it means your your captain's injured or otherwise. Uh, I guess as we've experienced with Port Adelaide men's on the AFL men's side this year, it just sometimes means that the the end of the careers come a bit soon. So we don't want to see that at a flipper this year, obviously. But um, you know, hopefully. Good seasons um, and good seasons tidings abound for this uh, this wonderful leadership group that the club's um, very astutely uh, put together. Really happy to see it. And uh, pre- as far as preseason games go, I guess it was one one was an ma- official match sim, um, which was a game against G- GWS a few weeks back. Which we won eight goals five to three goals four, so a really nice uh, thirty one point win there. Um, which is you know. A good start, like, because I think, um, you know, even though it's preseason, um, winning games of football just breeds a winning feeling. Um, you know, I've seen in my time as a fan of different sports that when teams have preseasons, and you know, you always, as a fan, you go, if it's a struggle of preseason, you go, oh, it's just preseason and they'll get it together. Sometimes the the winning feeling and the connection, all that stuff that comes from preseason, is still pretty important. That's why they play the games. So to see them get off the, you know, they we didn't win we didn't win many games last year. It was only one game in the in the uh, FLW season. So to get a win right off the bat, even though it was a match sim um, against AFLW opposition, uh, it was important and it was a dominating win. Um, we started off with three goals to one in the first quarter. It was five goals two to two goals one at half time. Six goals five to two goals one um, at three quarter time, and then eight goals five to three goals four um, at at full time so uh it was a you know wire to wire win basically um which is important i think it's good to have you know that kind of four quarter effort which it was you know you go you go two goals up at um at quarter time you've um extended that lead by goal by half time another goal in a bit goal and a half by three quarter time um and then another goal again uh by by full time so you kind of you you've kind of had a good sustained four-quarter effort comfortable win good scoring level um likes of abby Derrick getting a couple of goals um Gemma houghton and ashley saint but which by the way you know it's good to see Gemma getting back into it because she was you know obviously she scored our first goal of our 
time as an AFLW side last year. Um, she's come in as an All-Australian from Freo and all that, and she's an incredible, incredible forward and player and powerful player. Um, it's going to be a very important part of our side for some time going forward, um, or for years going forward. Um, so, But she um, got injured three or four games in last year, so she was out, and she was out for the season. It was kind of a... One of the, I think it was one of those injuries that they said was about you know five to six weeks, and you kind of looked at the you, you looked at the year schedule, and it was only six weeks to go. So she, for all intents and purposes, she, she was done for the season. Um, knowing already at that point that the finals were um, a tough ask, so she's come back in, get, gets a preseason under her belt, and gets um, gets a goal. And obviously in this game, Ashley Saint got on the board as well. Justin Mules, um, you know, uh, Ewings. Um, Ellie Bogue on the on the wing as well, chipping in with a goal. So it was good spread of goal kickers, um, and um, obviously Abby Dowrick um, kicking off her season. Um, you know, powerfully again. You know, she finished in the second in the uh, the, the FLW Rising Star last year. Obviously behind Hannah Ewings who won it, um, also on the score sheet. So. Um, you know, just important to see a mix of goal kickers because we were struggling. We struggled in front of the sticks at times last year just to, to put a decent... It was also often we had a good quarter and it was backed up by a really bad quarter. So to see this match him um, kick off with a really good sustained effort was really, um, really good to see. Um, the second, now that the, the official preseason game was against St Kilda, um, which was played at Albert and Un- Oval under lights, which is a really special occasion. Um, obviously, the lights have gone up over... The, that's another big... Um, you know, change to the uh, to the uh, the structure. You know, the ever changing Albert and Oval precinct at the moment, which is wonderful. Um, we see the lights are up there now, so we can now play games there under lights, which is um, a big change and another wonderful moment in our um, illustrious club's history. Um, and we played St Kilda at, um, in the in that preseason match and won by thirty six points. So again, a dominating win, um, one that saw a bit more of what that forward, our potent forward line can be. Um, we had Houghton getting in there. Tickle, uh, Julia Tickle had a couple of goals. Saint, so we had basically between the, the, the big tools that we now have in that forward line in Ashley Saint, Gemma, and Julia Tickle, it was five goals between them of our nine goals that we scored. Um, and Justin Mules, Jade Halfpenny, uh, Ange Foley, um, and Josie Stewart chipped in with goals as well. So a good mix of goals from you know guys, uh, ladies on the wing and the half forward lines um, and coming out of midfield as well. And, and of course, you know if you if you're ever scoring, you know a decent scoreline, you know winning by 36 points, and you're uh, getting five goals out of your uh, out of your lead forwards. Um, obviously, FLW the scoring is a bit lower and stuff like that. So um, you got to understand that's that five goals from you know if we're getting you know four to five goals out of Gemma, Tickle, and Saint, along with um, you know a good mix of. Um, the uh, smaller forwards and the midfielders chipping in as well. We're going to be on our way to a decent score um, in every game and with giving ourselves a chance to win. So it's good to see the forward line's already ticking along a little bit. Um, the scoring went. We kicked out We kicked out to a great lead straight away. Um, four goals, two to just one point in that first quarter. Second quarter, probably the Saints were probably a little bit um, maybe ruining their missed chances because they kicked uh, one goal six to uh, we didn't even score in that second quarter. So again, there was a little bit of what I was talking about last year that we do is, you know, just just it would fall off and another team and we just have to find a way to handle that pressure a little bit more. But again, um, it didn't. It, luckily it didn't hurt us. Um, and then seven goals four to one goal seven by three-quarter time. So we kicked ahead a little bit in that third quarter again and they didn't score, so kind of returned the favour. And they kicked one goal three to our two goals in the last quarter to round it out to be a 36-point win. 
So again, um, a really good effort. Uh, it was in these games that um, we saw, uh, you know, Schultz, um, you know, Matilda Scholes. I don't know if it's a soft Z or, you know, I'm thinking of like once upon a time in Hollywood when he goes in and meets Al Pacino Schwartz and says, Mr. Schwartz, and he says, Schwartz, Schwartz, you know, it's, I, don't, I haven't actually, I should look these things up before I get into the recording, but, you know, you get to go on the journey with me, so it's all good. Um, but, yeah, really, uh, she she's shown out well in these games, and um, I think just uh, that's what she's earned this um, debut in the showdown this weekend through this great preseason and, and, and giving um, giving great, uh, you know, good good aerial contest and giving and giving the um, midfielders some touch at the ball as well. Um Another one that I'm really impressed with, I was really impressed with last year. And again, like I said, you go when you get to come into AFLW with not knowing much about the wider spectrum of the league and certainly players. Um, I hadn't watched any Sandful W really previous to Port coming in. Um, you know, players like Emily Borg that I know um, had some success at the um, Sandful W level. Uh, I was really impressed with her last year, and she continues to develop and um, be a really key part of that defensive structure. Um, she had a good game on. Um, uh, what's her name? Jesse Wardlaw, uh, which ball kept the goalless for the match. So, just little signs like that. These are still such young players that we've got in this side, and um, I'm really happy to see uh, that we're both preseason games, whether it be match sim or official preseason, because I think the, the the match sim there's certain conditions that they, but the match sim, uh, sorry, the preseason game against the Saints was under the official match conditions. Which after this. I'm trying to do this in stages. I'll get to the... There's some rule, rule adjustments to the FLW coming this season, so I'll get into that. But, um, yeah, really impressive um, efforts uh, in the preseason to win two games, um, whether it be match sim or, or official preseason games. Both of them to win handily um, by a combined score of, you know, almost almost 11 goals or more than 11 goals, basically. 36 points in that one. In this one against Saints, 31 points. Um, against the against the Giants, uh, it's just a really good, really good preseason. Um, you know, goal. You know, forwards are kicking goals, taking marks. Um, midfield's chipping in. Uh, the defense is uh, finding ways to shut down and and make it hard on scoring down the other end. It's all the signs you want to see going into the season, um, particularly after last year. Alrighty, so just going to quite try and quickly run through these uh, rule adjustments that have happened for the AFLW this uh, going into this this AFLW season. Um, so what we've got is um, the, so the match duration has slightly changed and the quarter length to 15 minutes plus time on for goals and major injuries. Um, so that means the uh, this is a minor minor change. Um, so the Intervals. So, because they, due to TV rights, I guess um, the broadcasters still want to keep the AFLW matches to about as as close to a two-hour maximum slot as possible. Obviously, if it goes over time for some reason, like I mean, you know, we saw last year with the uh, that injury um, in our first um, was the first match against the Western Bulldogs at home at Alberton. Um, I was there for that one. That that bad injury to that poor uh, I can't remember her name, but that Western Bulldogs player that. Um, broke a leg in some way um that was a massive massive stoppage so i'm sure the broadcasters are understanding of that but you know for all intents and purposes normal normal um stoppages in games so they've increased the quarter length slightly but that means they're going to shorten the length of the interval so uh, quarter time and three quarter time official timing is six minutes and 30 seconds they're now going to be six minutes um, so it's just 30 seconds dropped off of the uh, the quarter time breaks, um, and then the half time interval is being reduced from 16 minutes to 14 minutes. So that's a bit of a change, but um, you know, 
This has all been done because it's a, sl it's a slight increase to the, the actual game time. This is good for the fans. I assume the players don't have... <laughs> I'd, I'd be interested to see if the players have any major issues with um, a reduction to the particularly the halftime. So I'm sure the quarter time change isn't as big a deal. It's interesting. I, I almost sit there and think maybe you drop down the their quarter time lengths by a minute and then you you, you, you only have to sh shut the halftime one down from... 16 to 15 minutes or something like that but whether there's another re reasons I don't know I'm just a fan so who who, you know, who cares about my fucking opinion um, but it would be interesting to see what uh, polar players if that was done or what the what how this was done uh, what the kind of reasoning was for how they did it um, to just drop 30 seconds off of the quarter time breaks but um, you know a couple of minutes off the halftime break uh, which I would have thought the halftime breaks usually the most important one but um, you know I've seen I've seen coaches get pretty good sprays in only a couple of minutes a quarter time. So <laughs> anyway, uh, that's uh, that's that's the change there. Uh, boundary throw-ins. Uh, so inside, the, so between the 50 meter arcs and your midfield area, um, when there's a boundary throw-in in the, those 50 meter marks, uh, those between the arcs, uh, the boundary umpires will be moving 10 meters inside the playing surface uh, to do the boundary. Um, to do the boundary throw-in, so I guess that's to keep the ball, get the ball a bit more into the middle of the field, middle of play. Um, for that, uh, it, inside the 50-meter arcs, they'll still be completed from the boundary line, um, and the existing last touch out of bounds rule will still apply between the 50-meter arcs as well when there's a clearly defined one, I guess. So um, interchange cap. So this is this is a big change because in previous AFLW seasons there hasn't been a cap on rotations as we've seen in the AFL men's that has changed over the years, but um, there was no interchange cap at all, but now we're going to 60 rotations per team per match. Uh, so there is a cap now. Um, and clubs will be able to use um, interchange boards. Uh, so as, as we see the, the interesting sign boards and different things that we see from, you know, whether it's just a showing how many minutes are left or whatever, or different messages and, and you know, images that portray a message uh, tactically to your team, we see that in the AFL men's competition. That's going to be allowed. Um, same kind of same same rules of the AFL men's competition as well. So, little things that they're just doing that the the AFLW have um, basically stated this is to kind of um, allow the play to be a bit more free um, to to encourage it a bit more of the attacking flair and, and different things and and to try to bring the you know slowly bring the competition um, you know evolve it basically. Uh, runners are also, um, so there'll be a cap and runners access in the field of play. Runners can access the playing surface three times per quarter uh, until the last three minutes of that quarter uh, for a maximum of 90 seconds each. So I think the last, I guess the last three minutes, they can go back out there. Um, but otherwise, uh, in, in the first, so now we've got 15 minutes quarter past time on, first, you know, 13 or 14 minutes, they can only, there's only a maximum of three times they can go out in that time for a maximum of 90 seconds each. Uh, but runners can still access the playing surface for a short period after goals, so that's there. Um, and there's just been a st uh, structure to the uh, the financial sanctions as well and all that stuff, which I'm not going to go into that because, you know, you go to the AFL Women's website and look look for the article uh, to dated June 28th of this year, um, rule adjustments for the 2023 NAB AFLW season is basically where I've read that from um, somewhat verbatim, somewhat just, um, 
tripping over things <laughs> as I do. But yeah, if you want to see the financial sanctions and stuff like that, but those are the main main rule changes to the, uh, which is obviously why you have um, a pre official preseason game under match conditions, so you can uh, play under those rules as we did against St Kilda. So that's that. Um, what have we got to get into next? We might as well start getting into the season. Before I talk about the, the showdown itself and the side and everything like that, I'm just going to run through the matches we've got this season and talk and, and briefly just talk about that. Alright, so we'll just do a brief run through the fixtures so everyone's aware of <clears throat> where we're at. Um, so next t tomorrow, obviously, that Norwood Oval, uh, being that we had the home showdown at Adelaide Oval last year, um, the Crows get the home showdown this year. Now, that doesn't mean, um, for all of you that have match-going memberships, I'm sure you're aware of this, but do be aware if you're not that your membership gets you access to all games. So it doesn't matter where you are, you can, you can claim tickets for an away game, whatever. So if you have an AFLW match-going membership for Port Adelaide, you can get to this game as well. So um, get on there and download your tickets and, and use them and go and make it um, a great Port crowd for that showdown as well. As you know, as last year for the Crows one, it was, there was a fair amount of Crows fans. Uh, our home, sh home showdown, in quotes. Um, you know, there's a good mix of both fans there. So get there and um, give, give the Crow Nuffies hell. Um, our tickets have already been claimed. I'll be giving our tickets away for free this year. And again... As I said, they're, they're available wherever you are. So if you're listening and you might be a Port fan, say, in um, in, in Victoria, because we've got matches against St Kilda and, um, and uh, North Melbourne and Hawthorne coming up in, in Victoria this year. If there's any of those games you want to go to, get in touch with me. I'll put your name down for them. I can't actually share them from the app until the week of, I think. Because um, I had a look through and I saw that they're all there, but it said, "Oh, the tickets will be available in you know 26 days or whatever, um, whatever it may be, depending on how far away the game was." But I'll put it out there now. You can get in touch with me at any time and say, "Hey, look, I'm interested in those tickets. I'll you know put you down if there's if there's already if no one else says if um, if they have, I'll put you down as first you know you know next in line so to speak nil as they put on the um, uh, on the uh, you know Facebook marketplace posts. Um, and you know, on the week of, I'll basically get back in touch and say tickets are available now. You still, you know, you still wanting them, and you can either say yes, yeah, no, of course, I'm, I'm planning around it, which is great. I'll forward them on to you. Um, and if you have had something come up since, um, then I'll, I'll, you know, uh, you know, obviously accept that, and uh, and then I'll put I'll put them put the note out there again. Um, but if no one has claimed them, I'll be you know tweeting that week basically anyway, saying you know if you need tickets, um, let us know. We've got two available, so. This week's for the showdown, I've um, obviously already been claimed, um, you know, otherwise I'd be spruiking them now, so that's great that our tickets, um, our seats are filled, we're going to have a Port Adelaide fan in them um, for the Crows home showdown, uh, but yeah, again, get in touch with me anytime if you look at the fixture and see a game, whether it be a one one of the games at um, Albert and Oval, uh, or uh, one of the games, and there's five games at Albert and Oval still to come up, obviously, because we've got, uh, you know, the showdowns and away game. So uh, we still get, you know, we've got the showdown at Norwood and then we get five games at Albert and then another four um, interstate. So get in touch with us if you want tickets, basically. Um, have a look at the fixture. If any of them work, get in touch with us first in, first serve. Um, and yeah, completely free. Um, obviously, as you've seen, we through the men's competition, we were donating any, any funds that people wanted to give for tickets um, for the men's side. 
uh, we're get, getting donations for the Finlayson family. If you would like to make a donation still and just say it basically and let us know that you've made one um, as a thanks for the tickets, that's totally fine. But the tickets are free. Just get people in seats and, and to support our AFLW ladies is really important as well. So um, obviously showdown tomorrow, um, 1st September, uh, is, uh, well, it's 1st September for me. This, so this is the thing. Um, I'm reading the fixture, <laughs> Uh, and being that I'm sitting here in Los Angeles, uh, the, fix, the the website automatically translates it to my time. So that's my bad. It's Saturday, the showdown, but um, it's obvious it's at 10:05 p.m. for me, which is just perfect. Really happy with that. Really enjoy that. Um, it's a good time for the game. Um, although we might be getting up early Saturday to go camping, so it's probably going to make me very sleep deprived the next day. But you know, I'll be watching it. Um, I should be watching it unless the wife. Uh, gets really mad about me losing sleep when we're meant to be driving three hours out to the river on Saturday morning. Um, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yes, but yeah, our first game, round one, showdown. Next week, Saturday, uh, um, Albert and Oval against Brisbane Lions. Um, so that's a it's a good gauntlet of um, teams straight away. You know, you've got uh, you know the Crows, one of the benchmarks of the competition, um, three premierships, all that stuff. Um, they ran through the prelim last year. Um, you know, that's going to be a tough one to start right up with, which I'll talk about more in a bit. And Brisbane, premiership winner. Obviously, Lauren Arnell won the premiership up there. Um, they've been one of the other sides that have really been perennially, like, uh, you know, they've always been up there as one of the benchmark sides of the early running years of the of the women's competition. Um, at first, truly away game uh, is round three, uh, which will be a Sunday game. Uh, against St Kilda over at RSEA Park in Victoria, so I assume that's somewhere in the suburbs there. That's, I think that's that's St Kilda's training uh, training facility, so to speak. So, um, so that's uh, our first game in Victoria this this year. Again, get in touch with me if you're in Victoria and want tickets. Um, then round four uh, with Caesars uh, back at home at Albert and Oval on a Saturday against Geelong, um, which is uh, going to be fun. It's always just. Geelong, that weird Geelong rivalry we have. Um, round five sees us over at Marina Resources Park, which is the scene of our first ever AFLW game last last year, which uh, was, you know, we'd gone over there looking for a bit of revenge. Um, I think we, we had a good 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 little game last year against West Coast, and um, I thought we were on the... And you know, West Coast kind of ran over the top of us um, last year in that game, but uh, I think we got... Um, screwed by a few umpiring decisions there as well so a little bit of a revenge game but um, also good to go over there and um, obviously the Port Adelaide fans, the interstate Port Adelaide fans over in WA do a really great job of supporting the team whenever we travel over there so they'll be out in force again for that one I'm sure, um, that's a Saturday game for them over there um, maybe Saturday later in the day as well I think um, Friday, uh, Saturday uh, October 7th we have back at Albert Noble against Sydney which is um, the, the one side that we have beaten in this competition <laughs> last year um, it was a big big win quite a famous win obviously um, one that was so much so special to be a part of um, you know seeing the ladies sing the, sing the uh, song out in the middle of the Oval and the whole crowd getting involved it was just a special moment to be a part of so it'll be fun to kind of hopefully relive that again but Sydney obviously um, making some moves in the off season as well um, and they'll be hoping to be a lot stronger than they were in their first season going um, and yeah and then the week after that is we uh, got North Melbourne over at Arden Arden Street Oval over in Victoria so um, the second of our three 
games over in Victoria this uh, this year. Um, so you know, there's three chances for the Victorian fans to get around the AFLW ladies. Uh, that's a Sunday game, that one. Um, and we've got a Saturday game back at Albert and Oval on October 21st uh, against the Gold Coast Suns. Um, and then next Sunday after that, on October 29th, we've got the um, Hawthorne over in Victoria, so for at Kinetic Stadium. So that's our third game over in Victoria. And then the last game of the season doesn't have a start a time yet, but we, we finish at home, which it's a really it's a really nice fixture actually. The fact that even though we're away for the showdown at Norwood Oval, um, well, it's obviously going to be quite a quite an atmosphere for that one. We start in in state um, for the first two weeks basically, and we get to finish back at home as well. So it's a fixture that's um, kind in that sense. Um, and really kind of, you know, depending on how we start tomorrow night and everything like that, it'll be nice. But yeah, that, that last game doesn't have any uh, date or time yet. So but the rest of the rest of the games do have dates and times. Um, so if any of them work for you, as I said, get in touch with us. Tickets are available. Apart from the showdown, they're all gone already. Sorry. Sorry about it. Not sorry. Glad they're gone. Means that people are keen. All right, the only thing left to talk about is um, we've got a showdown this week. So that this this game, um, for me, 10.05 uh, for you over there in South Australia. It's a 2.35 p.m. Australian Central Alberton Standard Time. Um, for those that can't make the game, I, think, I'm, I assume tickets are still available. But um, So if you can go, go. Um, get as many, get as much port gear inside Norwood Oval as possible is what I also always recommend. Um... But for those that aren't, aren't going to be able to go, it's going to be on 7 Mate, um, Fox Footy and KO uh, over in Australia. I believe it's on FS2 for us here in um, in America, and I assume it's going to be uh, the Watch AFL. I am not actually 100% sure. That I assume Watch AFL carries the AFLW. Um, I'll be certainly utilising it, um, hoping for that. Otherwise, I'll be finding, uh, I'll be watching it on FS2, but I'll probably be watching it on my laptop, so it'll be Watch AFL. But yeah, for um, the US-based... Um, port fans that have FS, you know, Fox Sports and cable or whatever, uh, FS2 will be showing the match um, according to the USAFL uh, Twitter. <laughs> um, so that's the details of that. Um, so debutants, obviously, we've already talked about Matilda Shoals coming in, um, the big, um, almost 190 centimeter uh, Ruckman that we've um, got coming in from Glenelg. Um, so she's got, you know, she she's going to know Norwood Oval already. I assume she's played there in her um, career so far. Um, and already just know, kind of understands the South Australian rivalry, the, how it works down here, which is great. Um, and she's obviously, as I said, she had a great preseason and looks a real, a real part of this side already, as far as just her um, connection with the connection with the rest of the ladies and just um, maturity and 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 attitude towards it. So, really excited to see her come in. Um, along with, uh, we've got Janelle Cuthbertson and Jasmine Stewart, two of the ones I talked about earlier. Uh, both of them coming over from Frio, so and uh, alongside uh, uh, Gemma Houghton, yeah, you know, a few few West Coast uh, Frio Frio players um, in the side, and Ashley Saint, of course, um, we've mentioned already, uh, all Australian leading goal kicker, Premiership player for Adelaide, who crossed over once she had the opportunity to because she is a Port lady at heart, and we fucking love that. So a lot of debutants coming in, which is great. Um, a couple of players that weren't available for selection in Maria Maloney and um, Saatchi Sime where um, I didn't realise this until I had a look at the, the um, squad announcement um, serving suspensions um, following the end of last season. So they weren't available for selection. But otherwise, it's a reasonably healthy um, healthy side 
that we've we've named. Um, we've got Emily Borgen, uh, Janelle Cuthbertson across the back line, uh, across halfback, Cheyenne Hammond, Hannah Dunn, Alex Ballard. Uh, really excited to see Alex Ballard go to the next level this year as well. Um, you know, center we've got Ange Foley, um, of course, Aaron Phillips and Ellie Bogue. Um, again, Bogue's another one I'm really excited. Like a lot of these ones that you know just didn't know anything about going into last season, apart from you know little highlights packages I saw when they signed, drafted, etc. You got to know him last year. And Bogue really, really stood out last year once she came into the side. And I'm um, really excited to see her go to the next level um, playing down there on the wing. Um, up far forward, you've got Justine Mules, Gemma Houghton, and Julia Teekle. That is potent, people. Potent. Like, just have fun with that forward line. Because Teekle's um, really showing some, you know, showed some growth last year. And, and certainly in the preseason, it looked promising. Houghton's obviously an All-Australian. Like, you know, what more needs to be said? Justine Mules as well. Um... And then obviously after that, you go down forward and there's Ashley Saint just sitting down there as an All-Australian leading goal kicker forward. And Olivia Lavecchi, who was um, one of our young, you know, she played a lot in the ruck last year as well. But now with Scholes coming in, you know, she's um, going to be, uh, you know, you know, it, she adds something because it was one of the things that we struggled with last year was a little bit of height at times. Um, but we've rectified that a little bit with our recruitment in the off season. And Levicki's going to, she you know, she's going to play in the ruck a bit, but she's going to be able to play down forward and be another tool down there and uh, really form part of that. What's been looking a very promising potent forward line in this off season. Um, obviously, their followers as well. Matilda Scholes in the ruck, um, Abby Dowrick and Hannah Ewing's like, geez, like imagine just looking at that and going, Matilda Scholes just this great young ruckman that's been picked up as a priority under eighteen signing. You go, geez, that's, you know, she's coming in for a debut already. And then you got um, the rising star winner from last year in Hannah Ewings and then the second-placed player and Abby Darrick um, sitting there um, ready to snaffle the ball out off of the hands of Shoals as well. So um, I'm really, really pleased with how the side's come together. Um, it's a young side. Oh, of course, interchange. Before we even get into that, we've got... <laughs> we've got... Uh, um, Ebony O'Day, who is a fucking gun. Um, Yazzie Dersma, obviously an, uh, a sister of a gun and a gun in her own right. Um, Indy, Indy Tahoe, uh, Jazzy Stewart, and Maggie McLaughlin. Um, so a strong a strong bench as well. Um, and in the emergencies are Maddie Carrick, Latonya Cockatoo-Motlop, and Caitlin Pope. So, um, yeah, I'm really impressed with how the sides come together. Uh, and just really excited to see how that back line, uh, that young back line comes, comes into its fore and has a real test right away against this, um, at, you know, an Adelaide side that's, um, you know, we, <laughs> they've been the benchmark, we don't like saying it as Port fans, um, but they have been the benchmark of the competition, um, as, you know, for the, ever since started really, they won the inaugural competition and have three cups since, uh, got a wealth of, wealth of talent and players around the field, um, so, it's going to be tough tough game do I expect to win I can't tell you that I go into every match um, you know really hopeful but yeah you just gotta um, accept this is kind of my story my my theme for this season really will be you just want to see growth um, obviously we got one win we had a couple of games last year that we, we were close in and we had a draw um, that fell away a little bit at the end of the season certainly the showdown last year was pretty one-sided um, it's putting it mildly Uh so if we can see some improvement in this game, maybe be a bit more competitive, um, it'd be great to kind of do the uh, what we did in the you know inaugural men's showdown and just come out and really surprise Adelaide with a with a result and get it maybe get ourselves ahead a little bit at the start of the game and 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 really put the put the pedal down or something like that. I certainly see a lot of growth in the off season. 
those preseason games show some real um, real growth as well. But Adelaide are one of the benchmark teams in this competition, and while they, you know, this, we're going to see the competition even out a little bit as the years go forward, and and it's going to be harder for teams to hold on to that. You know, they've still got you know Chelsea Randall's you know inspirational you know player and captain. Um, Ann Hatchard, um, Ebony Marinoff's just an absolute fucking star. Um, Abby Ballard, you know, there's, and, and there's a lot of players on the team that I, I can't say that I've seen too much of as well. Um, but, you know, yeah, a lot of players that have, uh, um, you know, they've, uh, it's a really, really, really still strong side and a strong culture as well they've got there in the sense of um, what the AFLW team's done. Um, and of course, I uh, just noticed as well, Sarah Goodwin's in there as well. So, you know, player that we, uh, player that we, uh, drafted last year is now playing on the other side of the other side of the field. So it's going to be a, uh, an interesting match. Um, whether I, like I said, I'm going to go into it expecting a win. I always do whenever a port team plays, uh, go into the game, you know, just going, we're going to win this one. And then, you know, it might go the other way, but, uh, they're great side. As you can hear, I'm pro- I'm really struggling with this. They've been a fucking great side, but their time is coming to an end, and it's time for us to make a little bit of a stand and have a crack at them. Um, and I think if we just have a good crack, how the result goes um, is somewhat, uh, you know, academic in a sense because I we we exist to win premierships. It's the club's culture, and I think every player on our port side should be going into this year on. Let's just have the best crack we can and see where it shakes out. And if at the end of the year we're holding up the cup, fucking, fucking great. But the realistic expectation is more growth, more, uh, uh, you know, just experiencing these players, uh, get through a season playing good footy, uh, playing a brand of footy that they want to play. Um, whether that, you know, there's going to be mistakes made here and there. Players are still developing. You know, we've got a ruckman that's uh, a ruck woman uh, coming in. Uh, that's, uh, you know, she's literally just come into the AFLW system um, and she's playing her first game. You've got the two, fo- you know, two midfielders are snaffling the ball from her and, and Dowrick and, and Ewings are in their second year and um, still just, you know, young. So backline's young, um, forward line, a mixture of experience and youth and, and, and a lot of the, you know, the the bench players and the, and the players around that are all very young as well. So this is a side that's developing. We've got to be real clear with that. But it's an exciting side as well. A lot of and the, and the the acquisitions made in the off season, the little list changes have been really handy and adding a little bit, just dropping in little bits of experience here and there without fundamentally changing what they're trying to do, which is build a side going forward over the next few seasons. Um, and but there's no reason a side can't come to some maturity quicker. Then. Now they've got they've obviously got plans in play. They've, they've, they've got like an idea of when this is going to happen, but sides can develop quick. Who knows? It could be the we could be the baby baby bombers of '93. Um, you know, although you know, I remember not that I'm a Manchester United fan, but those young that, the young Manchester United team of 1992. You know, there's teams that have come just come through and, and just found a found a little magic potion and, and come along quicker than ever expected and, and had success quicker than ever expected. So we can hope for that this year, but also be um, cognizant of the fact that it's a developing team and, um, you know, just support the girls, support the players, um, support them in the endeavor. Because, um, you know, people, you know, the, the nuffies of footy Twitter and the men, they go, well, this is, you know, if they want to play the AFL game, they've got to, you know, understand the criticism and all that that comes with, you know, the same stuff the men get. It's like, no, the men haven't gotten... The men didn't spend 
AFL men's competition got to spend basically a full century before the advent of social media and all this shit that we get and, and, the, and the real advent of true professional sports. So give the ladies their chance to learn because they're, they're getting, they're professionalizing a hell of a lot quicker than men did. Let me tell you that. And they're having to find um, and they're having to deal with the pressures of, of it quicker than men ever did. As usual, if you actually look at the history of the world, um, women are having to do having to do it a hell of a lot quicker and 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 calmer and cleaner than than the dumbass men out there sometimes did. So, give them the support, um, love them as we do, love our Port Adelaide teams, um, and treat them with the respect they deserve for um, proudly wearing the Port Adelaide um, jumper on their chest um, and doing our club proud. Playing Aberdeen Oval as well, as I said in the lead into last season. Um, these ladies get to grace Albert and Oval that's, you know, got a 140-plus-year history of um, proudly supporting Port Adelaide as a as a home base, as a, you know, uh, as we say, a spiritual home when the men are, you know, obviously playing our home games away. Uh, but, um, you know, the ladies ladies are playing AFL competition on Albert and Oval for um, five, games a year, five games a year at the moment. Hopefully we go to a full, you know, play each other once at least season at some point soon. Um but yeah, they get to they get to play AFL competition on the Albert on Albert and Oval. That's fucking br- fantastic. It's fucking brilliant. We've got lights going up there. We've got new facilities going up there. The precincts looking fantastic. It's just such a great place to go and have a drink or watch the game from. Um, the museum with our um, our glorious, gloriously full um, trophy cabinet and still, but a trophy cabinet that's yearning for more, both from the AFL men, of course, but you know AFL um, W trophies going to be entering that tra- cabinet pretty soon. So. Get around them, support them. Um, it supports the club too because the games at Albert and Oval mean that you're getting um, a far more direct intake uh, of revenue into the club itself. So all that stuff. Get around them, support them, um, love them. And here's hoping for a ripper season and, and, and just some really real real more excitement. Um, you know, It was a really exciting season last year despite you know only winning one, but there were some exciting games in there and, and it's just really exciting to see to be a part of the inaugural season and now we get to see um you know the the sequel now and 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 growth and 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 the development of our aflw side so i'm fucking keen can't wait for the game tomorrow um i'll be watching obviously over here uh but you know everyone that's going uh you know cheer as loud as you can and make it make that um kind of that hostile port atmosphere that we can bring in the afl men's competition or in, indeed in the snfl competition in the past and currently as well um, bring that energy as well and um, give the girls your full support. All right. Khan the pair.